John U. Bacon, New York Times bestselling author. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. Welcome back, my friend. It's a pleasure. How are you doing, Bill? Doing good, man. Uh, you know, we, we all looked at the schedule all offseason. I think I talked to you uh, last summer, John. It, it it was set to be 11-0 going into Columbus. There they are, 11-0. But because of the Illinois game and a few injuries prior to that, now the biggest question going in on the Michigan side, how much the injuries will affect this Michigan team against the mighty Buckeyes in Columbus? Great question, and of course, uh, unlike the NFL, they're not required to say anything, and they usually don't. I would say a few things that are fairly obvious about uh, Blake Corum, that one, if he was really super injured, he would not be on the sidelines uh, second half of the Illinois game, but if he wasn't somewhat injured, he would be playing. That's both are pretty obvious, so he's somewhere in the tweener category. Harbaugh has said that he's got no structural damage to the knee. They knew that pretty quickly, no ACL, MCL, fractures, etc. I would assume a pretty bad bruise um, based on the kneecap and so on. But uh, but I'm also certain of this. It's, uh, it's the Ohio State game. The guy's going to play um, short of a broken leg. And, uh, and my guess is he's going to be uh, basically running at full speed. That's my hunch there. If you were an outside observer, let's say you're in New York City, and you were looking at both these teams at both of these teams going into this game, John. Uh, the advantage, obviously, for Ohio State, the only one that sticks out too, would be it's in Columbus and that their wide receiver core has more NFL-like ability than Michigan's receivers. i say that, and you forgot one more very crucial spot. Uh, their quarterback is a Heisman Trophy candidate, while J.J. McCarthy is still trying to work out the kinks. So, Michigan's Heisman candidate is that tailback there's the quarterback. If you get to choose, you pick quarterback. Yeah, and J.J., for how confident and the swagger and everything he had last year as a starter outside of a few flashes, and he did play well in the fourth quarter with some key throws to give Moody a chance to win it for Michigan. But I, I haven't seen that bravado from uh, McCarthy that really attracted me to his potential from last year. I think you uh, said it exactly right. Well said. It's not this stat or that stat. Or stat. The stats are good, but they're not great. They're not gleaming. But the biggest thing I expected by now, which I've not seen that much of, is the bravado, which, frankly, I think I saw more of it last year. Right. Now, maybe it's easier being the you know backup coming in in the third or fourth quarter when the game is probably settled and swinging it around a little bit and having a good time. Now you know the game's on your shoulders. And the biggest, of course, advantage that um, Cade McNamara had over J.J. McCarthy was Cade did not make mistakes. I think perhaps J.J. knowing that now you're the starter, now he can't make mistakes. He overthrows almost all the long balls. I think he's so afraid of an interception that his receivers rarely have a chance at the ball. So against Ohio State, I'm sorry, you're going to have to make some of those passes. You're going to have to have that, especially with a potentially compromised running game based on Donovan Edwards, who was out of uniform last weekend, and Corum, of course, was out of the game second half so jj has got to play big on saturday you know a lot of people are screaming well they settled for too many field goals so guess what moody was 23 of 25 last year and 25 of 30 this year so that's not uh, the big difference what sticks out to me when i look at ohio state and i see those nfl type receivers i ronnie bell's a great possession guy but i still believe one of the most dynamic receivers 
for Michigan is hurt, and we won't know until game time on Saturday in Columbus. Donovan Edwards out of the backfield. He's a house guy. I love it uh, when they go to him. I agree. The bubble screen and these simple plays that are easy for J.J. to make. And you know what? When you think about your previous question, that's part of your answer. When you don't have two backs to go to and one who can catch it very well out of the backfield and break, as you said, go to the house, break big plays, that puts a lot more pressure on J.J. to look downfield. He is so far not great at picking up secondary receivers. So the bubble screen, the little pop-off to Donovan Edwards is a tool that I'm sure he misses greatly. He might get it back this Saturday. Yeah, uh, Edwards is the best backup running back in America. Corum is the best running back in America. And again, not knowing the extent of the injury, you know, I felt for a couple of weeks that whoever had a better game uh, this Saturday, Corum or Stroud, would win the Heisman. But now Caleb Williams from USC is coming up on the outside. That's about right. And look, you missed half a game versus Illinois. It's mop-up time. Corm still got, I think, about 150 yards, so not a bad day. But we both know that uh, Michigan has won three Heisman trophies in their long history, and all three of them were capped by lifetime performances versus Ohio State. Tom Harmon in 1940, Desmond Howard in 1991, and, of course, um, Charles Woodson in 1997. They all had killer games versus Ohio State. A killer game goes a long way. I still think... Corm will have a hard time, even with that game, to win the Heisman Trophy. It's still a quarterback award these days. But he will get invited to New York with a good game on Saturday. What's impressed you the most about this team? Because statistically, when healthy, the defense has actually played better than a year ago. Uh, They haven't lost. Uh, They are going into Ohio State at 11-0. The top side of college football is down this year. So those two things missing from Harbaugh, win at Columbus and winning a national title are all there within reach if healthy. Healthy is a big question here. And really, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but it seems to me they got to be as healthy as possible for this game on Saturday. They win that game, you might be able to rest some guys, put them in uniform, but they play them that much against you know Iowa or whatever else you see over there. Look, that side of the ledger, I'm sorry. The West has never been that good, and it's never been weaker than it is right now. So that is not quite a Saturday off, but you might be able to rest two or three guys. You don't have to play a big game again until late December. So you need a big game this Saturday and then rest them as you can. Uh, health is the big thing. What's surprising for the team is the offense has not been as good as I expected. The running game has been better than expected. The line play has been much better than expected. But really, it's the defense that's been the surprise here, as good or better than last year's defense, including the defensive line. They, by and large, push teams around. When I look at Ohio State, Bill, man, I saw that Northwestern game, and I bet you did too. And Ohio State's got a lot of four- and five-star players, and they failed to push around a one-and-seven Northwestern team. Okay, you can't pass the ball. It's rainy and windy and all that. I get it. Can you block? And if you can't push around Northwestern, Something is missing in that team. So right now, I think both teams are very good. Neither team is great. There's one great team left. It's Georgia. And neither team is complete. So I really have almost no idea what the heck is going to happen on Saturday. It's interesting what you said, John. And John Eubank, a New York Times bestselling author, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan from Ann Arbor. We all thought when this, you know, back in August, July, when fall camps 
happening. We're getting, you know, the schedules, breaking down the games. We really thought the Michigan offense and J.J. McCarthy were going to be explosive, scoring the 30s, 40s every game and carry this team. And here we are talking about Coram as the best running back in America, the Michigan offensive line, which was the best unit last year in college football, when healthy, uh, even better. And the Michigan defensive line for losing Hutch and Ajabo with Morris in there. You could see him not in uh, the rotation last week, how much they hurt him, that they would go next level. So I give Harbaugh and his assistants a ton of credit considering they lost McDonald back to John Harbaugh in Baltimore. Yeah, and you you got it right. I mean, I guessed wrong in a few categories, maybe a lot of us did, that I thought that the J.J. and receiver combination with a lot of great receivers coming back, uh, Andrew Anthony, of course, um, Ronnie Bell, others, uh, Schoonmaker, tight ends, in and out health-wise, but a lot, four or five guys to go to, a hot-shot quarterback. I thought the passing game would be much better, and I thought the running game would not be nearly as good as it is because mainly I thought the offensive line would be a big drop drop back from last year's, obviously, national uh, trophy-winning offensive line. One guy, one starter came back, and that line is still pretty damn good. So what I thought was going to be weak, the O-line is strong. What I thought was going to be strong, the passing game is okay, and the running game is fantastic. So nobody knows anything, and I guess I'm in that category. John Ubegan checking in on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan on Ohio State Michigan Week. Harbaugh. Uh, you know, there, there, there have. I'm trying to figure out. I, I was watching his presser earlier this week. How many negatives have been thrown Harbaugh's way at all this season? True. I, I'm, I, have, have there been any? I, he, he made the tough call on JJ McCarthy over Cade. Cade had surgery. I've heard rumblings he may end up at UCLA uh, in the transfer portal. Uh, but uh, a negative that the media or fans have ran with this year. You know, when you're 11 and 0, how can you be negative towards the coaches, right? There, haven't, there hasn't been one. Well, you, you, you'd think so. You'd think so, Bill. But you know my line that some Michigan fans are not happy unless they're not happy. Uh, they can still complain about the red zone offense and some other things and JJ and so on. But Michigan fans ought to be reminded that, the, that their team is 11 and 0. And since Harbaugh had a two and four season, a do or die contract, which I'm willing to bet, Bill, if you did a survey in your show uh, this time two years ago. How many Michigan fans would have voted to bring Harbaugh back? I bet it would be less than half uh, two years ago. Well, they're, what, 23-2 and two since then and got a great chance for another college football playoff berth, another Big Ten title. I think you're right also. A one-loss Big Ten team might get in there. There could be two this year. Depends on what TCU does and USC and some others. Uh, but, man, Michigan football hasn't been as healthy since probably 1973-4, and four, for crying out loud, with Bo Schimbeckler. So that's how far back you have to go. And you also hit the nail on the head. When he was given the do-or-die contract, instead of playing it safe, he swept out six of his ten assistant coaches. That was a big boy bet, and he went for youth over experience. Uh, a lot of guys had never even coached at the college level before, and that was clearly the right bet. So give the man his due. Yeah, and think about this with Harbaugh and how comfortable and relaxed he looks, and they are 11-0, and and they're – going to Columbus Saturday, playing to go back to the Big Ten championship game, and with a win, I believe, lock up a college football playoff spot. Less than a year ago, we're talking right in this same calendar year, there were a lot of people inside Michigan that seemed happy Harbaugh was going to take the Vikings job. 
right? There is a certain uh, good riddance category. Right. Um, and I said at the time, and this one, we've talked about a lot of things that I was wrong about. My admission, not yours. Uh, you're a gracious man. But uh, I'm sure we got recordings at the huge show about this stuff. One thing I was definitely right about was that, one, the Vikings deal was not a done deal. When everyone said it was, saying it was a done deal, I said, it's not a done deal. You watch. And it wasn't. Second of all, everyone said, oh, he's lost the team. He'll never get him back. Michigan fans, he's lost forever. I said, man, you wait a month and no one can remember any of this stuff. And it's basically been exactly the case. Um, the Vikings, man, I can, who can barely even remember that stuff? It's a dance that happened. It's over. There's been no wiggling since, as he promised. And, uh, and the focus is clearly all on Ohio State. So these are the two of the best years back-to-back Michigan football has ever had. And I read somewhere recently, the first back-to-back 11-win season since, like, 1903-04. Wow. Fielding Yost we're talking about. Yeah, that's a little while ago. You and I are old. We weren't around then, Bill. So, hard to complain about this for Michigan fans. And Harbaugh has that relaxed demeanor. And, again, for, for all the politics behind closed doors, and Michigan has a ton of them, like any school does, uh, the winning sure. cures everything. You can we can slice and dice this. You can write ten books, John. But at the end of the day, at yep. any level, at any level, winning eventually cures the chaos. That is almost always the case, Bill. And look at the last game. I mean, a lot went right, a lot went wrong, but they won the game. Michigan did nineteen to seventeen, and at that point, almost nothing else matters. You win or you lose in this game, and people will not remember how you got there. That especially includes the Ohio State game. That that's a game you win or you lose. It's black and white. There are no do-overs, no second chances. So Michigan is poised right now, as probably about as well as any Michigan team since maybe 2018, uh, to win that game. And they've not won there, as you know, since 2000. That still shocks me. All right, John. A quick final answer to my last question: uh, With the escalation of salaries, with Harbaugh having back-to-back 11-win seasons, the first time since. Uh, the turn of the previous century, uh, will Michigan have to redo a deal with Harbaugh when this season is over? Great question. His contract right now is pretty good, but it's incentive-laden, which, frankly, I think all the contracts should be. In other words, why do you pay somebody for failure? And the buyouts bill make the least amount of sense to me. LSU is paying Ed Orgeron $19 million for failing at the end. Now, granted, he won a national title, two years earlier, but still, that still amazes me and kind of galls me. So, good question. I don't know, but it's probably up to Jim to ask. I don't know if he'd even ask at this point. But uh, also, after the Vikings flirtation, uh, I don't know if it's even a good idea. As Jim told me, uh, he's not on the same dance floor as Mother Teresa. $7.5 million a year is not exactly a vow of poverty, and with a few bonuses kicked in, which you'll likely get, um, I would say he's doing pretty well. So my guess is they don't go there, but I'm certain of this, Jim could. John Ubekin, enjoy that Michigan-Ohio State game on Saturday. Good to hear your voice, and we'll talk soon. Always a pleasure, Bill. Anytime, my friend. All right, John Ubekin, New York Times bestselling author, joining us from Ann Arbor on the Meyer Guest Line here on the HUGE Radio Network.